Welcome to Haber Bros, a podcast for historic, cross-centered Christians. We seek to provide ancient answers to a culture that's forgotten the questions. Thank you for listening this week. If you like what you're hearing or enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. This is the biggest way podcasts grow. If you've not yet given us a five-star rating and a positive review, stop what you're doing. Pause this recording right now. And of course, go and do that. I'm... Kirk Haberman, a church musician, and this is my brother, Chris, a festive priest. Chris, how are you? Uh, Kirk, I am cold. I'm actually <laughs> not that cold. Um, I'm just remarking on the, the polar vortex. This is a new term that we've started using in the last few years, right? We are I don't remember recording. polar vortexes from my childhood, and yet we grew up in northern Minnesota, so surely we had them. They just didn't it's, have that cool name. Didn't have that cool name. Was not a commonly used name. But it's it's funny when you look at the weather maps of of the um, cold upside air down mass. upside down pyramid of right. of of like cold air mass going down into like kind of like mid Texas uh, right. with, with like single digits and double and maybe teens. Uh, it's cold. Um, I Kirk, I'm I'm one of my eccentricities is um i just Saying think eccentricity instead of accent one of my eccentricities <laughs> is uh on your schedule i i just don't like jackets are kind of a hassle <laughs> it's like an extra thing that i don't need so i don't Zippers really buttons i don't really wear them pullovers even well you know during the winter my 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 uniform that that um people would be shocked if i if I didn't wear like a pullover, like quarter oh, zip fleece, quarter zip, yeah. Whether it be like a nicer wool one or maybe a performance fleece, that's typically what I wear during the winter. Is that over a, a usually over a t-shirt because I'm not fancy. Um, but so so like I, I I've got a little bit of protection from the cold there. But um, even on days like today when it's like 20 below, like I don't wear a jacket and like it's it's, it's just kind of thing. I don't know. It, it works. It works when you're walking from a uh, uh, a car to a building um, through a parking lot. But I'll tell you what, um, I had a little activity outside. Um, we bought a heated bowl, water bowl for our rabbits. And I spent and I timed it because I was like, wow, I got cold pretty fast. Eight minutes I spent in the backyard in the, um, I don't know, 40 below wind chill. Um, I did wear a jacket because like it wasn't, you know, it was just in my backyard. I, it didn't have right. to like, cause you know, when you go to a store, you got to like take off your jacket and find a place to put it or wherever. Like it's a, it's a pain in the butt. Um, but in my house, it's, it's not as big of a pain in the butt. So, 
Um, I actually had a jacket on, but my face, Kirk, <laughs> eight minutes. Uh, my because I looked at my garage door app. My garage door was up eight eight minutes. I spent untangling a an extension cord so that the we could get the extension cord out to the rabbit hutch. Eight minutes it took for me to be like, ah, which I'm the going inside. Cord was probably at that temperature as brittle as a candy cane. Oh, it was as brittle as a candy cane. <laughs> so it was, it was especially <laughs> difficult to, to untangle. Crack. Yeah, Oops. yeah. <laughs> no, nothing is designed for this temperature. Right. Meg said when she started the car after work yesterday that oh, it sounded it like it was going to die. Various sounds, and then like the tires aren't cool. like there's still like the flat spot from where they were on the pavement so like <laughs> i feel like the first 30 30 revolutions it's kind of like ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. like even the the rubber's frozen i don't know that could be a, 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 a mental illusion it's just it's just crazy but but you know what next week the weather's gonna be gorgeous so i'm excited for that uh the weather's been bad for a while but it, it was it was closer to freezing where we had freezing rain a couple weeks ago i'm sitting at a stop sign on my way to urgent care because I have strep throat and a teenage driver slides across two lanes and hits my stationary car. And so we've been dealing with the aftermath of insurance and, and the body shop. And, and today we're recording much later than, than we had hoped because um, I found out today that the rental, that enterprise closed at noon tomorrow. I'm like, I don't want to have to drive back across town. Um, Kirk, what's Enterprise's tag uh, tagline? We'll pick you up. Yes, Listen, which, which is amazing. All the Bob Cratchits of Enterprise get to celebrate Christmas too, Mr. Yeah. Scrooge. So I had not planned on returning the car today. I was going to return it tomorrow. But um, I, I, this, this is a very old man thing. I'm like, I hate talking on the phone. I'm going to be right across the street from Enterprise or a car. I'm just going to walk in there and talk to somebody. And what I realized this afternoon was that, oh, um, yeah, they, they'll they'll uh, pick you up or they'll drop you off, but they won't. What was it? What was it they won't do? They could tomorrow. They couldn't drive to my house and pick up the car. So if I wanted assistance with that, they could drive me home today. So I had them drive me home today. Oh, so it's like Enterprise will pick you up. Asterix. Right. It's like like the um, the end of uh, all. Uh, medicine commercials like right 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 it's not a no on the but third it's, a, Sunday of it's a pretty good asterisk though because they picked me up the body shop and took me to the rental car place and then i was able to drive home from there and then today they drove me home me and my kids home from the rental car place so that i didn't have to kirk following um our live listening tomorrow morning of a festival yes. of nine lessons and carols from from king's, uh, from king's college cambridge, cambridge. Live um, at 9 a.m. Radio 3. At 9 a.m. Central Time. Uh, like I didn't want to have to listen to that and then like squeeze in before the Vikings Central? game at noon. I believe it's 9 Central. I thought it's 9 Eastern. Oh. Well, I'll have to figure that out. Yes. You talk, I've... I'll effort. Okay. You effort. So between now and tomorrow morning, we've got, we've got, we've got some activity. We've got, um, it's weird, Kirk. Um, I have em- totally embraced YouTube. Since we recorded last, you're like, you had this great rant about Advent music and how how many all these cathedrals in England have HD cameras set up, and so I've been just like, in like, indulging myself in fantastic Advent music from English cathedrals over the past few weeks, and so it'll be weird to go back to listening tomorrow morning to the radio and not seeing the the faces of the singers. 
um, because we just listen on public radio and uh, follow along with the bulletin in front of us um, on Christmas Eve, followed by, of course, the Vikings playing the Giants tomorrow. So so, so I have bad news for you. It's uh, 9 a.m. Eastern. 8 a.m. Central. 8 a.m. Central. All right. This is according to the WFMT website. All right. Well, I'll have to get up an hour earlier and start all the all the things an hour earlier. All right, Kirk, what's going on in the Shire? Well, I have, I have, I have, um, like a, this too is an old man thing. Um, like kind of Larry David old man. Like, I, like I'm really hung up on this. I can't, I cannot allow, I cannot close the door on a quarter zip pullover, uh, conversation without like doing my own rant about it. It is the, it is the garment at which, in which the form and the function are most at odds, most at war, right? It looks amazing. You can you can kind of leave, unzip it all the way down to the quarter zip, so you have the lapels <laughs> stylishly <laughs> flopping open just a little bit, maybe showing a little bit of your um, your printed tee or uh, or whatever whatever you have under or it. Or a collared nice shirt panel. underneath. Yes, your collar, like flashing your virtue to. No, no, I mean, giving other people a sense to. Uh, maybe they can give their confession right now whatever right so um or you can kind of if you start to get cold like get that quarter zip halfway halfway up so it's like a one-eighth zip um or to the neckline or all the way up if you're genuinely cold right right um but it's miserable taking that stupid thing off and on oh my gosh and it makes my hair all staticky and it messes it up and i'm like wow and i'm like it looks good when it's on, but like it's like I feel like a child with both diva. my arms up in the air and my my face covered and my head covered, and um, you know he like says while wearing going... a long sleeve t shirt with no zip around the neck, like how's how's that gonna go when you have to take that off today? Are you gonna get all flustered? No, because this is a Vikings shirt. Vikings and it shirt inherently um, like makes me a um, like a like a like a like a like a tougher man just by wearing a viking shirt so it it's it's coolness and it's toughness rub off on me so so that's that's my quarter zip thing um i love i'm um my great white whale in life are cool full zip hoodies like i treasure and you sir brother of mine Mm-hmm. have given me a couple of my gifted me for my birthday over the last seven years a couple of my favorites um it's time for the show and tell portion of the podcast right mm, here that's, that one's this, sharp yeah. yeah this i believe from 2014 or 2015 a minnesota vikings hoodie it's uh in it, it's it's sort of like faux um aged so at this point it's like seven or eight years old so it's sort of legitimately aged um, it looks really cool. It's full zip. It's full zip. So I don't have to be like a child with my arms in the air wrestling with a garment in public if I want to take it off or on or whatever. Um, I also have the Minnesota Twins. Where's that bad boy? Here it is. This one. Navy with on the left breast. We've got oh, the white and Again, red. another Cheesy. another sharp one. Yes. This yeah. Go-to. This one has spent a many a... Uh, a cold uh rainy day in the cabin at crane lake right we've uh, that one's been a go-to so um full zip hoodie greater sign quarter zip 
Obvi, Interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, good to know as far as gift buying, <laughs> but I mean, you're absolutely wrong on the merits. So. <laughs> yeah. So you and I, um, are both of our families are, are in the throes of of Winter Storm Elliot, which was news to the fair your 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 fair bride, <laughs> who is news to me as well. I didn't know it was called Elliot. I didn't know this like cold weather had a name. Yeah, for like, you we always guys, name it when it's cold. Like, for you guys, it's like a Saturday in December. For us in Pennsylvania, um, this was we were we're all we were we've all been ready to die for the last three days. Like I think I explained to you, here's the narrative out here right now. First it was gonna rain, and it's largely played out this way. First it was gonna rain, and then it was gonna then then the wind was gonna blow, then the temperatures were gonna plunge. And then that rain was going to turn to ice and then it was going to snow on top of that. And then the wind was going to blow and the temperatures were going to plunge so much that rock salt would de-ice the roads and then the power would go out and then we were all going to die. Um, the only things that didn't happen were the power going out and us all dying, but the rest of it happened. I did venture out once today. Um, it was to drop my eldest son off at a, at his girlfriend's house to do Christmas cookie baking. So they're having a Norman Rockwell evening there. What and... are they baking, Kirk? Important question. What are they baking? Oh, I don't know. You don't know. Okay. We did, and we did sort of exchange notes at the band concert, but I forget. I was distracted. Well, you, you know what my daughter's baking right now? Pfeffernoose. This is the um the the, the Haberman trend right now. She was Haberman inspired by all Simon across the continent are baking pfeffernoose. Which, to my oh my gosh, can we say this? Can I say this with a straight face? To my male son's great delight, translates into English, pepper nuts. <laughs> so, I did not know that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So so that's that, and because because uh, pepper is a key ingredient, giving it a little 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 zing, not too much, like, but but. My our our great apostasy, um, uh, and I was scolded for this by multiple uncles, um, is not including anise, which is a key ingredient. I just didn't have it around the house, and I've never never liked kind of anise like anise reliant desserts. So, yeah, is uh, is your daughter using anise? Of course, she's not a heretic. Not not a not a filthy apostate. Not a not a not an Aryan. Um, destroyer of the faith. Arian with an I. I, yeah. I should have picked another heresy. <laughs> Based on Arius's teachings, not, you know, white power, you know. <clears throat> We've been talking a lot about Arius given that it was St. Nicholas Day mm. earlier in the month. So the great, the great puncher of Arius as a nerd Christian social media likes to have fun with in December. So... Yeah, Christopher, we got a lot of lot of fun holiday stuff coming up, and we can talk about that um, prob probably next week. Um, yeah, I, I think I think um, since uh, since we can't travel and we can't go anywhere, um, we're kind of snowed in, um, and you can't travel and you can't go anywhere. You're kind of stuck where you are. Um, you know, do we have any other biblical any biblical narratives where people had kind of were narrowed down and had no real travel choices? Hmm. I don't Let's know. I'm not sure, but I decree that we move on to our gospel. Mm. 
Today's gospel is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was in the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of the Lord.
Thanks be to God. So Kirk, this is um, the nativity story. Um, there are kind of two options uh, here. One we can go with that beautiful um, account from John 1, the prologue uh, to John's gospel uh, that, that ponders the mystery of the incarnation, of the word that was present at, at creation was made flesh and tabernacled with us, um, which is uh, an amazing reading. But today, given the choice, I, I wanted to I opted for this one. Um, Kirk, I think the challenge every single person who preaches uh, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day has is uh, we try to find like a new way to to like a new insight into Christmas, um, which is I understand the the impulse, and yet um, what we need to convey is just the good old news like th there is like no new way to share the incarnation and so like that's what's beautiful about this is we have both the theology and john but here kirk we have this this basic account um and what's um uh, what's really really remarkable about this is like why is this obscure bureaucrat Quirinius, the governor of Syria like why is this man's name mentioned um in the gospel of Luke um, it's because Jesus isn't just like the Bible is not filled with these eternal truths that like we proclaim, but like Jesus is a person who was born um, and like in, he was born in a particular way to fulfill prophecies um, and the, the prophecies were fulfilled in this particular way. Um, like David, or, I'm sorry, uh, Jesus was born in the city of David because uh, Caesar Augustus unwittingly um, declared that all the world should be registered. And this obscure Roman bureaucrat Quirinius, this governor of Syria, ends up in this gospel because he happens to be the guy at the time. Why did Luke include this? Because this like this happened at a specific date and time and place. And so like as as much as we get into like this significance, the theological significance of what happened at Christmas, we can't get away from the fact that like this is a thing that happened at a time and place in the world. So um, I, let's not forget like this long road of, of, of uh, Joseph having to take his pregnant wife um, all the way from Galilee, um, from the town of Nazareth, um, down to the city of David. Um, uh, and of course, um, <clears throat> Kirk, I don't know if you've heard sort of the, the old uh, idea that um, he was born in a stable or a cave or something like that because the, the, the hotels were full. Um, that, that's probably inaccurate. It's probably more that like that um, th these homes were enclosed and there would be like an interior courtyard where the animals would be. And so like the, the actual rooms of the house, they're probably staying with maybe relatives and, but the, and, but the, like the guest rooms were filled. And so um, the birth and stuff happened in like this court central courtyard area. Um, and he was laid in, in this feeding trough, this manger. So that part is absolutely true. Um, and we have this, of course, the symmetry of, of uh, Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths at his birth, just as in the tomb, he was wrapped in um, cloths. Um, mm. So we, it's interesting how we have this uh, amazing symmetry throughout the gospels. Uh, and, and of course, like 
the let's you not, know the um yeah do you know the Carol Bethlehem Down by Peter Warlock? Uh, I probably I pr- probably know if you'd sing it to me. <laughs> when he is king, we will clothe. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not wearing. <laughs> when he you is sound, there's a Kirk, there's you a sound verse. like like Anne Veal singing. There's a verse. <laughs> when he is king, we will clothe him with grave sheets. Mm. Yeah, like um and mm. and uh, many good uh, Christian poets have made um good symmetry between mm, um the sure. birth and the death narrative and of course we'll get to that later of course at epiphany with Mur. but go on, go on great great carol um yes the beginning was always uh, the end was always in the beginning what was it what's what are the warlock carols that like he must have written several because like there's others that adam I lay know. bound in he okay. did a setting yeah. to that okay. we'll be hearing tomorrow um yep. it's the warlock setting for for king's college cambridge um and and this this one Bethlehem Down. Okay. I actually don't know if he was a believer. That 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 Carol has a really interesting story. Um, he and a friend, um, uh, got blind drunk one night, um, and took and and took up a bet. Um, there was an ad in the paper for a Christmas Carol writing contest, and when they woke up in the morning, um, there was a poem and music on the piano, and they don't remember how they got there. So when you listen to Bethlehem Down, it's amazing. And by both the poet and the the um the composer, they wrote it blind drunk. They're like, huh, how about that? Look at that. Well, it's funny, like in 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 the English um speaking world, Ray Fun Williams is one of the one of the best composers right. of of sacred music, and he Herbert was not Howell's a believer. Ditto. Yeah. Um, and uh the Herefordshire Carol is is a beautiful one. Did mm-hmm. he write the lyrics to that as well, or did he take um yeah, like I'd a, have to, I'd a look at setting? That. Um, so this I think is the I think there are a bunch of different settings of that. Yeah, that and the Sussex Carol. I think there are like multiple settings because like he was literally walking through the English countryside with a um, a record like a microphone, like telling like people in pubs like sing into this, and then mm. he'd like write down later what they had sung. Yeah, because none mm. of those carols existed um, on paper until he kind of. Like they were really okay. So, so like all these, all these like blank Carol, blank Carol, like were were like literally from those places. Like he went to those places and wow. And found them like with a washer moment or in a pub or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Um, Okay. Back to, back to (laughs) Luke, the evangelist (laughs) Um, in verse eight, the shepherd of the angels, Kirk, let us not forget the simple truth that like these shepherds were like the motorcycle gangs of those times that like, like this is like part of Jesus turning the world upside down. That like, these were the first people invited to, to witness um, the birth were, were kind of these, like, you know, these were not the priests or the rulers. Um, You know, these were kind of like the, the people who worked the the graveyard shift. um, And yet like the angels came to them and were like, this king, like you, this king is for you, you people who might not darken the door of a synagogue. Um, and so these angels come uh, and we get, uh, of course, what is the, the common saying that angels have to say when they appear to a human? Fear not. I almost always say fear not. So I'd like to know what an angel looks like. They've got to be terrifying. Like, well, like swords coming memes. out of their eyes. Yeah. Right. Like what, what, uh, what our art looks like, angels and our art looks like, what an angel, right. biblical angel looks like. <laughs> it's like six eyes and six sets of wings. And yeah. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all, all people. people. I mean, just, all, all the just 
good feelings and I'm, I'm smelling the Pfeffernoose cooking. Like mm. there are scents that we associate with Christmas and mm-hmm. nostalgia and songs. Um, and, and it's all like rooted in the fact that like the incarnation is good news for the earth. Um, this is like, this is for all people. Um, and, uh, and of course the good news is, is a baby. Um, so it, like, there's to be like some level of faith in like seeing this baby and believing, okay, this is the, this is like the promised King. This is a savior. Um, just the, right. the holy patience in that. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so there was, you know, an angel that appeared to them, but suddenly verse 13, there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, and, you know, I, I'm sure many of our listeners are thinking of uh, the Messiah, Messiah here, yeah. you know, and, and, and handle just like for any human interpretation of, of just like beauty. Um, like for me that like captures it of just like what that night would have been for suddenly the angel to be just the, the sky to be just filled with angels, just praising God. And, and, and it's interesting, Kirk, um, how our worship um, we try as, as best as we can to model it based on the worship in heaven. You know, in Isaiah six, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And um, what were those, what were the, you know, of course there we have these, this interesting depiction of, um, was it the, that's the, why the, I always cover my eyes in church, <clears throat> you know, um, and the, my feet, the glory of God was so radiant that, that with six wings, only two right. were used for flying. <laughs> right. Um, but, but, but do you remember what the, what they were singing in Isaiah six? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. Yes. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yeah. And so our Sanctus is like, um, you know, like kind of comes from that. And, and of course we have um, as part of our liturgy, the Gloria near the beginning, um, Gloria in excelsis Deo, et in terra pax, omnibus, um, bone voluntatis. Um, uh, Which is this verse 14. Yes, it's verse 14. Um, sorry for the bad pronunciation, um, but uh, glory to God in the highest. Like we model our worship based on the way angels worship the, the Father. Um, so it's like if they worship this way, like why don't we? Um, and uh, yeah, um, Kirk, uh, they went with haste. Let's go to Bethlehem, and they went with haste. We we, we get some narration of them speaking. They found Mary and Joseph and the babe. And I, Kirk, I, I just can't help but but picture um, them that night at the bar, like telling their friends. Um, and and uh, verse eighteen, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And, and so, like, I don't, I don't want to jump to kind of because, like, there's some level of like we want to revel in this, in just the the glory of the moment of of just this announcement. Um, but I, I do want to mention just a little bit of the of the already not yet of of like viewing a babe in, in a manger and just praising God for what he has done um even as like we have to wait and of course you know we'll see Simeon you know here later in in in, in Luke 2 um and uh you know a man faithful who saw the baby and believed and yet i i wonder um all those who heard the stories of the shepherds as the years went on, Kirk, you know, probably about 30 years before they even heard of this king again, what would they have thought? 
What would the shepherds uh, have thought? Yeah, what would the, what would their question, friends man. have thought? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in just a few weeks, we'll jump into Epiphany and, and um, the first Sunday of Epiphany, the baptism of Christ of this public ministry. Or I wonder if that um, was tilling the soil mm. for Jesus' sure. ministry. Sure. Um, what? So then when Kirk, John of course the Baptist it is. Comes, of course it John is. John the Baptist comes, you know, there are enough people that are like, whoa. I, we, we heard a promise. We went right. in. Yes. What I'm saying That's is, right. is th 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 this required a, a like righteous, um, patience, this righteous faith, um, yeah, um, sure. to, to see come to fruition what had been, um, announced here. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I too, I can't help, but think of Messiah Handel's Messiah, as we read this, it's been been in my in my ears and on my tongue and in my heart. Um, a uh, a choral society that I that I sing for. Oh, we did the the first half, plus the Hallelujah chorus. Not the first um, half, the first part. The first part, part yeah. the first. Part yes. the first. And um, and so like, of course, then to read it in the ESV, which is a fine translation. Um, it doesn't it doesn't quite sing as the the King James. Um, and so uh, as as you're reading that that is coming to my mind. Um, it's interesting that 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 you chose to talk about shepherds. I mean, they're 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 different they're different threads, not threads. Um, they're different themes that that you can kind of marvel at throughout here. there's there's the kind of um, journey theme. Uh, there's the the no room in the inn, so so sort of the uh, being born in a um, not in, in, in privation and in poor circumstances, maybe the the, the lack of societal accommodation. Um, sometimes people like to kind of liken the Holy Family to migrants, um, but it, you, you, your your mind seemed to migrate to the shepherds, as does mine. Um, I'm not a first century historical scholar. Um, I, I, I vaguely gather that shepherds were a disreputable lot. And so it makes total sense that, that, mm. that God would reveal to them first. Um, He's going to be the first God guys. Is, to, God yeah. is for mm. disreputable sinners. Mm. Um, and that's, that's of course, good news. And a, a reminder to us too, as well, um, of who needs to, to hear, hear of Jesus in our life. Um, but Christopher, uh, our mother sent us, our mother, a not very online person, sent us a, a headline that she was shocked by. There's been a been a kerfuffle in uh, in in Anglican circles over a a mangling of God rest you merry gentlemen recently, and God rest you merry gentlemen has been removed from a bunch of hymnals because um, you can't really make it gender neutral. And certain denominations that have tried to go to gender neutral hymnals who have changed certain carols from like good Christian men rejoice to good Christian friends rejoice. There's nothing, which, which is, really... which is fine. Kirk, fine. as long it's as fine. you don't, as long as you don't add news, news. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. That is facts. That's the greatest sin. <laughs> that is facts. Yeah, it's not even metrical. Um, so, but God rest you, Mary gentlemen, there's not anything you can do to that. Well, anyhow, there's this, this, um, this kind of, new retelling of the hymn that went the carol that went viral 
and and it got kind of really rightly dunked on. There's a there is um a verse after after the, the the first verse is sung as as written, and then another verse is and God yes rest ye women too. I don't have in front of me. God 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 rest ye queer and questioning. God rest ye whatever. And so this this carol has been back in the news, and I think maybe because I grew up kind of in the church, I never I never thought about who it's addressed to. And so mm. a lot of us have been thinking about this carol anew this past month. This carol's addressed to the shepherds, right? So think of, think about um, God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay, right? <laughs> For lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. The angel of the Lord said, fear not, right? Let nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born upon this day, right? Um, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Um, so <laughs> it's so it's not like, hey, men of the world, right? Chill yeah. out. It's <laughs> hey, shepherds. The Savior's come <laughs> for men. So men, <laughs> you get to party, right? No, yeah. It's it's it uses that the angels addressed to the shepherds a paraphrase of that as a launching pad, yeah. Um, to sing of the good news of the, the the gospel in in Luke two, so that's neat and that's cool. And so if you had anything in the back of your head that made you wonder if God rest rest you merry gentlemen wasn't maybe a little um, I don't know erasing like half of humanity or whatever that is not what's happening. Mm. It was all men shepherds, and so it would make total sense that that language, that address, would be gendered. So mm, that's a good word. How's that? How's that? It's a good word. Yeah, Christopher. I mean, this text will be around here every every year, so we don't have to save the world with kind of every encounter with it. Um, uh, there is one verse that I that I can never leave, and it's verse nineteen. Mm. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. How would Luke know? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bring that up. I, I, my own theory is that Luke interviewed Mary. I mean, how else would would he have written down the Magnificat and other things? But Christopher, I had a memory pop up to me this year, as kind of I've been looking at this and anticipating the reading of this text. I remember, I must have been in third to fifth grade, let's say, and I don't remember how many services we did. As a, as a child, at least two, right? There have been the service at Central and the service at Verndale. Um, there would have been a Christmas Eve service for both, right? Mm -hmm. So there have been at least two. Our father served in a two-point charge in kind of um, in, a, in, a, in a prairie Methodist um, parish. Uh, and anyway, um, I remember it was the late, ver the, 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 the church in town. There's a church in country for the farmers and then a church in town for the townies. Mostly, that's how it worked. And so the church in town, um, we, the, the, the Christmas Eve service was done and something about it had stirred, had stirred my, my, my brutish <laughs> Philistine 10 year old um, heart and senses and sensibilities. And I was sitting there in one of the front pews um, that the, the, the church was kind of dimly lit to kind of, you know, the, the, to, to, to lend to the atmosphere, you know, the candlelit silent night at the end atmosphere that kind of American Protestantism craves. And I was staring up at the cross. And do you remember that cross? It was backlit. I do. 
I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and that verse for the first time ever struck me, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And I was like, man, a lot happened tonight. Like huh. we, we heard this lesson, lesson and all the, all these elements and themes and people and characters in this lesson. And we sang about it and, um, it's just a lot. And I feel kind of like Mary right now. And I just needed to sit there after the service. Everyone else had left. Mm. And you know how we usually traveled either mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. to kind of our, our mother's side or our father's side so that we could celebrate then Christmas Day with them. Um, and I, too, sat there pondering. And so this verse is kind mm. of I, um, I, I I'm not saying like I'm special like Mary or whatever, but I'm saying I, I sort of felt a kinship and a connection um, like I, too, marvel. At mm. shepherds and angels and the incarnate, the incarnate word. And I love that. I love that verse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Kirk, um, before we move on to our, our culture segment, um, uh, just, I mean, if, if, I guess if, if we can't be um, brief, then like, what's the point of, if, you know, if, if you can't say something with a few words, then like, <clears throat> what's the point it's not that um uh, we ought to be able to describe to talk about the incarnation briefly you know we're, we don't want to mm. obviously we could spend hours right, hours right, right. just just like that 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 god i mean th there were so many early heresy christological heresies that struggled with the idea that god would become a mm -hmm. man um and and yet this was part of God's plan of salvation um, was was for the second person of the Trinity, the word that was present at the beginning uh, at creation to be born as one of us and to live and die and be raised and ascend as one of us. Um, Kirk, just just a few sentence meditation, please, on on the incarnation that that, that this is all about this is all about the incarnation. Um. So, I mean, this, what you're describing is the hypostatic union, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And um, I think, like, it's it's okay that that doesn't make sense. And it's to be, yeah. once you start explaining it, you 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 go into heresy pretty quickly. Um, this is our chance to just marvel it, peer into the cradle, and see um, the God-man, the, the, the word that spoke all things into being, and to worship and adore him yeah. um, as as breakable as tender as vulnerable um like us um become one of us for us hmm. um there's a I, I didn't realize kind of how shocking it is but the um the blessing at the end of so someone pointed this out to me this week um that 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 he was a little uncomfortable with it because because of the union that that, that it speaks like plainly and crudely of the union of divine and, and human. The blessing at the end of the lessons and carol service goes like this. Christ, who by his incarnation gathered into one things earthly and heavenly, fill you with peace and goodwill and make you partakers of mm. the divine nature. Mm. Whoa, what? Right, but this is the power of the incarnation um, that that he gathered up into one all things earthly and all things divine, and that that exists in in the Christ child. Um, 
we only sing three of the five verses that Charles Wesley wrote for Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Um, and even, even those verses we sing aren't actually the verses because he, he wrote like something like something, how all the Wilkin rings or something, but instead of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But anyhow, um, in the fourth verse that we don't sing, he, uh, he writes, um, come to mystic union join thine so i think i think we had a brief pause christopher i don't know if your internet um, um pause i don't know whose internet i hope i hope it got what you had to say yeah let me i'll just say this again so this is the line that's shocking about the power of the incarnation no no kirk i got i got the partakers of divine nature yes right. so now in mystic union join thine to ours and ours to thine um and that is that is mm. that is the the missing line from Charles Wesley's fourth verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing that we don't sing. So, yeah, that's well, the essence I, of the incarnation. Yeah. And lest our, our uh, listeners think that, um, you know, that that uh, blessing is off the reservation, um, that's it's biblical. Um, and so, like, we can kind of maybe disagree about what that means. Like, um, the Eastern Orthodox have a particular view of what it means to be partakers of the divine nature. Right. Um, they, they talk about a process called deification, theosis. Um, which, which theosis, um, which, which is like, uh, a little uncomfortable for, for, I think anyone who's right. not Eastern Orthodox, but, um, second Peter, uh, chapter one, verse four, it goes like this. I'll, I'll start at verse three, his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Oh, so that's straight pulled straight from scripture. Pulled straight from scripture. Yeah. Second, second Peter. Yeah. Yep. That's super cool. Yeah. Super cool. All right. Yeah. Kurt, so after, um, yeah. After promising to be pithy, um, we like expounded at length. So that's on brand. <laughs> that is very on brand. Let's uh, let's move to our culture segment, let's shall we?
All right, for our culture segment today, um, we're gonna do something super fun, um, which is we're gonna talk Christmas movies and Chris Christmas specials, and we're just gonna rattle them off um, and, and, and see um, from a Christian standpoint, uh, where's the gospel? And um, mm. are these uh, are these are these movies where the where the where the incarnation, the Christmas story shines forth, um, or they're like really weird themes that crept in? And um, I don't. I, when we were talking about this and thinking about this, Christopher, I didn't want to get finger waggy about this. Sure. And school marmish. Um, but like to think our way through because a lot of times I think a lot of American Christians, at least. Um, we have two different hats we wear in December. Sure. We have the cultural consumer hat where we drink hot cocoa and we and we put on cuddly pajamas and we watch a Christmas special um, and we listen to rocking around the Christmas tree and um, and Kirk, and what is inescapable, what's inescapable <laughs> is just the barrage of marketing that we endure. Right. And Kirk, it's funny. Um, uh, one of the webcasts that that uh, is just one of the best music webcasts you can find is uh, St. Thomas Church on Fifth Avenue yes. in New York City, and and um, you know they may people may criticize some of their sermons for being uh, perhaps a little bit progressive, but um, I mean they're able to nail down pretty well even kind of the the um, the vacuity of of kind of marketing tropes. Um, th this month, and one of a, one of the sermons, one of the guys highlighted, I believe this was from a sermon from St. Thomas Church. Um, I don't know if it was like a Macy somewhere downtown New York City. Um, there was a big marketing thing that said "Believe." <laughs> In what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, because we Christians, we believe, but believe what? And it's interesting, like. Um, we got the, a whole the, thirty line creed for you if you're interested in belief. <laughs> and, and maybe we'll get to the Polar Express, but believe is one of the main themes of that. But like right. the question is raised, like what you know, and and so like the marketing gets that, but they want to leave it open ended because they're selling us something, you know. Right. And so yeah, th those are the those are those two worlds that we live in. And Kirk, a big thing that um that we contend with is not only just like this pluralistic world. That is tries to market, you know, people of to, to to appeal to people of many different faiths, backgrounds, beliefs, but also just the universal, like the default religious position of every single human being ever born, which the is Asianism. moralistic, therapeutic right. deism. Oh, okay, yes, right, sure. or or Pelagianism. Like Pelagianism is is just like earn the love of God, earn, you know, like. Uh, there's a, there are many quotes about like how Christianity is the anti-religion. Like, yeah, it's a religion, but like, um, uh, Tim Keller likes to talk about this, um, imaginary conversation between like an early Christian and, and the, and a Roman right. where the Roman's like, Oh, interesting. Like, tell me about your religion. He's like, you know, where do you offer your sacrifice? He's like, well, we don't like Christ offered once himself, once for all is like, Oh, well, well, where, um, where's your temple? Oh, well, we have no temple. Like, um, in fact, like God's presence exists in all of us now. Um, and then there's like a third question and, and like, um, basically it was like, oh, this isn't religion at all. Is it? Cause it, cause it, it like, you know, Christ has and already done the work sometimes for called us. Atheists. <clears throat> well, that was because they, yeah. they didn't they believe, didn't believe in, in the gods. gods. Yeah. 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 But, um, we but yeah, like the, the Polar Express. 
Let's do it. Okay, yeah, but like, I, I, I want to just briefly define yeah. moralistic therapeutic deism, which is like um, moralism, Kirk, is, is, is death. Like, it sounds good to be like, be a good person, try more, do more. Um, like, don't pick on, you know, bullies are bad, right? Um, and we're, we're going to come back to these treadmill. themes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, moralistic, therapeutic, like it makes you feel good. Right. And then deism is 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 just like a, a, a reverence of a God who is not all that active. Um, he created and, and isn't all that active in the world today. So let's start with the Polar Express. Yes. Yeah. Go. So the, the basic idea of the Polar Express is you got a kid. I don't know if he's like 10, 11, and like just starting to notice, you know, that 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 the milk and cookies. Dad wear. Dad has a kind of a Santa hat that's hidden. Um, inconsistencies with the Santa narrative. Like he's starting to realize that um, kind of how gifts come under the tree, and he's having a crisis of faith in Santa. And so this kind of dream state. Is it real? Is it not? Um, kind of vision happens to him where a train pulls up. And he he gets on, um, and he's taken to the North Pole. And now, are characters... we talking? We're talking about the movie right now, like because the, the movie, movie is yeah. is wild. Because like the, yeah. the 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 book is is kind of bad as far as like Christian themes. Like right. the 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 book is, but it's the book is kind of beautiful and simple. Yeah. It's got an aesthetic it, but, but, that is. But the essence at the end is that like, um, if you don't believe, you can't hear the bell ring. Um, right. and so you have to just believe and. Santa or right. like the Christmas thing, but um, the, the the movie is just uh just wild and and, and <laughs> creepy, but the the <laughs> essence, Kirk. I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. The essence is still yeah, the yeah. same. That like what matters is belief. Yes. All these kids. So so let's 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 fast forward past the part where like all these kids are kidnapped. <laughs> kidnapped. <laughs> kidnapped. And there's like a hobo on top because of because the they're in various states. Who's in charge? Belief. Yeah. So they're all on their own face journey. Charge? So they're like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very dangerous, Kirk. Like, all these kids are like, yeah. <laughs> right. So so in that, in that <clears throat> sense, it's sort of a vaguely positive aspect. Like, um, don't listen to the inner cynic. So so that that's good. Um, the, 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 the problem is, like, so believe, believe in Santa. Uh, the problem with that is, of course, Santa is... Um, Santa, on the one hand, is sort of a, a Christ figure in that he 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 lavishes goodness and love and gifts, um, but there is there is Santa is Pelagian though, right? Because mm -hmm. there is a naughty list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so so it's not unconditional election, you know, which, um, you know, we 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 as Christians believe that we are we are we are judged righteous through Christ's righteousness. So it's Santa didn't die for the children and then all ushers them into heaven. You know, that would be kind of a true Christian parallel. So like, it's a spiritual treadmill. Do more, try harder, be good <laughs> right. and you'll be rewarded. And Kirk, um, and the, 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 just believe, just believe Kirk. Um, that's the theme of elf as well. Right. Um, at yes, the end, like Santa's yeah. sleigh isn't working because not enough people believe. And, and like so they've like got to get more people belief in all yeah. all the globe. There's like a belief meter, right? Yeah. And if all the aggregate, if all you know, seven seven billion um, humans, like if 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 that that belief ebbs, that's what Santa sleigh runs on, right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's on it's on you, all of us, right? Like little by little, it's like 
vote. It's like that, right? Like this election is on. It re, it's re, it's rely. It's on all of us to do. So, Kirk, I, and I realize, I Kirk, I, I don't want to always stop and over-explain things, but we've been using the term <laughs> Pelagian for a while. Um, there, there was a I don't know what century, but there was a heretic named Pelagius, who um um who taught essentially this kind of um synergism of like um kind of like God helps those who help themselves, kind of. Yeah, that would be crudely put. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we play. A small but important role in our salvation. Um, so. Which, which I mean, you know, the universe, the universal church was just like no, like, yeah, yeah. like, um, and, and so when you say Pelagian, like we're, we're talking about that, that like, yeah. um, you know, there are certainly exhortations in Scripture, but but never to like, like, be the part of salvation that you're called to be, like, you know, okay. um, right. and so so like, yeah, that's that's antithetical to the gospel. Right. Christ died for sinners. Yeah. Not for the good people. Um, yeah. So once for, so once for favorite sinners slain. Yes. Amen. Here, here. Um, so elf, yeah, elf, elf, that's interesting, right? So just believe would be a similar theme there. I mean, is and, and of course I'm I'm referring to Elf, the Will Ferrell movie, not yes, ALF, the uh, alien life form. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could find um Will Ferrell himself is almost a Christ figure. He has an innocence. And um, other cynical and world-weary characters that run into him, the Zoe sure. Deschanel character and the James Conn character, sorry, I don't remember their names, um, in the movie, um, they become better in spite of themselves by mm. sure. being loved by him, right? So it shows the power of one-way love, right? Um, and, and, and even in some ways, almost in some like, subtly Christian ways, some of the Will Ferrellisms have entered popular culture. Like, I love smiling. Smiling's the best. Right. Like um, Christians are people at our best are people of joy, not fake joy, mm. not because we feel like like it's a burden, but because like it, it glows from within. Right. And, and and Elf has that. He has that. Right. Um, sure. And let your and light shine knows, before others. He knows the father. Right. And other people yes. don't believe that. Right. He's like, Santa, I know him. Right. So there is a Christ parallel there. Like Jesus, like as he says in the upper room discourse, like. Um, you know the father because you've known me. Um, mm. So uh, Elf is able to give people a connection with kind of this true spirit of Christmas because he is connected to the father, to, to like to Santa. So so there's you could you could squint in the right way and and see some Christian parallels there. But at the end, and of course, I remember even watching this, like when they reach for a Christmas carol, it's not a Christmas carol that they all sing. Do you remember what they sing? I don't. I think it's Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, you better watch out. Which is like, wow, the Pelagian. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like George or Orwell, right? Right. He sees you when you're sleeping. He That's not good news, know, Kirk. Right? right, right. Yeah. So Elf, Elf is a mixed bag. It's enormous amounts of fun, but like there are bits of the gospel in there, and then there, there are bits that where it's yeah, who well, doesn't love not... angry Peter Dinklage, right? <laughs> Aren't you an angry elf? <laughs> That is an amazing scene. Also, all the James Conn scenes are amazing scenes. I like, like James his Con. disgust, his disdain, his world weariness. Um, his it's like even like bad like his his distance from childhood. That is a vague sense he's a bad father, but like his kid is so young, he's just like I don't even know what to do with that that like thing. 
anyhow, um, how about um, a Charlie Brown Christmas? Mm. Well, what like, okay, let's pivot to like the best one that that is like. <laughs> well, I'm just going into the going to our list. I mean, where like everyone is trying to find the meaning of Christmas, and they realize that um, it's found in Jesus. That Christmas well, isn't about this or that or the. Well, that's a good question. Charlie Brown's depressed. I mean, that's an issue. Like that's life. <laughs> like this light right. comes into life, right? Right. The light of the world c- comes into the world and and like brings light to the darkness. Um, I don't know. You tell me. You've probably watched it more recently than me. We we watched it last night. Okay. Uh, I mean, so there's commercialism, sure. and that must okay. have been haunting uh, Charles Schultz, the author, because like sure. everyone, all the Peanuts characters have bought into commercial should be not commercial. Uh, Christmas should be jazzy. Right. Remember the theme, the theme song that like they they think needs to be a key part of the nativity scene. Um, and they're all like jazz dancing. Um, the shiny aluminum trees. Um, do you remember uh, Snoopy's Christmas decoration that wins the prize that just disgusts Charlie, Charlie Brown? I forget like the decorations that are on it, but is, it doesn't say like more, more, bigger, bigger or something like something super crude. Like the point of Christmas is bigger and better. Um, not like a tender, vulnerable baby from an exhausted teenage mother in a stable, right? I mean, that's what that the 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 Charlie Brown tree is a metaphor for, right? Like, think of the wise men coming to Herod. Where is this king? Where is he who is king of Judea? Tell us, for we have seen a star and are come to adore him, right? Um, Charlie Brown goes and he's like. He, he alone knows it's not that glitzy tree, not that glitzy tree, not that glitzy tree. It's that one, right? So I think that's that's kind of the gospel. I know I'm, I'm racing ahead to the Matthew Epiphany lesson, but I just made that connection just now. What do you think? I think there's something there, right? But it's in Beth- Bethlehem. You are not the lowliest of all cities in Judea. Um, so, so that's, it's not, it's certainly a rant against commercialism, and and the idea that, that that Christmas ought to be kind of bright, shiny, full of full of experiences and expenditures. Yeah, what is uh what does Lucy say at one point? No, it's not Lucy, it's Sally, right? Like tens and twenties when she's writing her Christmas list. Like straight cash, homie. Isn't that what she asked for for Christmas? And Charlie Brown's like, you can't ask Santa for cash? Like what? Do you remember that line? Isn't she like, she's like tens and twenties. You're asking me while you watched this last night. So yeah, I'm not I'd the say, guy. Who's... I'd say also um, this, my wife, the fair, the fair Kimberly has pointed this out to me um, during. So there's this famous scene where Charlie Brown says in exasperation as they're all trying to put together the Christmas play and it's not coming together. No one's paying attention. No one's listening to him. And he's saying, well, does anyone at all know the true meaning of Christmas? And everyone kind of stops talking. There's a moment of silence as everyone looks at Charlie Brown as he's having this mental breakdown in front of them. And Linus just says, yes, Charlie Brown, I can tell you. And he goes, yeah, and taps on the mic. And he just recites yeah. in this lovely song of King James, Luke 2. Yeah. Um, and and Kim has pointed out to me that the moment he says, fear, fear not, for behold, I tell you, um, the moment he says, fear not, for the only time 
um, that, that I don't know if this is true. Perhaps this is refutable, but it's a lovely story. Too good to check. He drops his drops his security blanket, right? Because that's the Linus thing. He always has that stupid security blanket. Um, and he drops the blanket because there's a savior that has been mm. born in the city of David, which mm. is Christ the Lord. So mm. that's kind of that's kind of neat. I mean, that's the gospel. And it it was what was it, CBS that it aired? Like once upon a time, CBS, like um. I I think I heard that the CBS executives were like terrified of that. Like, <laughs> I can't just. And um, at that point, Charles Schultz, Charles Schultz had enough yeah, yeah. Um, cachet that he's like, "Take it or leave it." That's the special. You you want a Charlie Brown Christmas? That's it. And they're like, uh, "Okay." And it's 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 perfect. It's pitch perfect, Kirk. And and what, what uh, I remember when you showed it to your kids for the first time. What, what you, because uh, like we know that it's pitch perfect. What you were most excited about was that like the kids thought it was funny. Like they loved it. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, here's here's a tedious like eat your vegetables, kids. Like, right. It, 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 it um, it's entertaining. It's funny and it's um, poignant. Yeah. 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 Um, how about how the Grinch stole Christmas? Mm. What do you think? Is there a gospel in there? Um, it's a mixed bag, Kirk. Um, I would <laughs> like you to cover. Um, I would like you to cover the um kind of superficial, saccharine, sweet, um kind of moralism of it. Um, and then maybe maybe I'll attempt to find some gospel there. Okay, I mean, as with many of these, if you squint just right, you can see. Um, kind of vaguely. So the Grinch thinks the Grinch is just an evil dude and he hates Christmas. Um, and he thinks that he can eliminate Christmas by taking all of the stuff, right? All the toys, all the trimmings, all the food. Um, by the time he's done and he, and he, and he takes everything and he jams it into a sleigh, which is like some sort of, um, like, a, a particle physics trash compactor or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, all that's what's the, what's the line from the book, and um, all that's left was a speck that was not even fit for a mouse or something mm. like that. Um, that 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 there will be no Christmas, right? Because all of the things that are used in Christmas Day to celebrate are gone. So how can there be a Christmas? And of course, he gets to the top. So he gets to his lair um, up in the mountains, ten thousand feet up high above Whoville, and and he's waiting for the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. And instead he hears, Abu Dore, oh, he hears like singing. And, and, and at that point he realizes that, that, that Christmas isn't the stuff, um, that it's something more. And of course then, but this is where um, uh, Dr. Seuss neither had the kind of the faith or the insight or the executives didn't have the, the guts to say, what's the something more, right? It mm. just leaves it at that. Um, that Christmas is something more than the roast beast and the toys and the trees and the trimming and so forth. So, and then he goes down and then it's properly Christmas because the Grinch, he has a heart attack and his heart explodes, literally explodes to three times the size. <laughs> he goes down to Whoville and they hold hand in hands and they sing Abu Dore. It's sort of, it's sort of like absolutely what liberal Protestantism was in like 1959 or whenever this, whenever this happened, right? 
Like, is it true is it- that Abu Dhabi um, is named <laughs> after that, but like a bad translation of Abu Dore? It is known. Um, the Arabs <laughs> renamed it because How the Grinch Stole Christmas was such a hit. Yeah. So let, let me try to, to um, squeeze some gospel out of this. Um, so uh, it, it's not that um, the Grinch is just such a mean guy. It's, it's that um, it's the classic thing that hurt people hurt people. Um, uh, yes, we, we, don't know his, we don't know his past, but like what, what he hates is, is their joy because he is miserable and he's mm. not part of it. Um, and it, it, it is the unconditional love that they have, um, and they're welcome for him, a sinner, um, that causes his heart to grow three times. Um, uh, you know, it's, it, he does nothing to save himself. Um, that wonderful, um, Lenten collect, um, there's, we have nothing in ourselves to save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet he, um, he is saved. Um, um, not by anything he does, but by the unconditional love that he um, encounters. Um, and like you and I both believe that it, it, it is like encountering that um, that uh, unconditional love of God that that, right. it, that moves our hearts, that that like mm. truly changes them. Um, and, and so like I, I think if there's anything there and and um, of course, we we do not want to be consumerists um, that, that say Christmas is about stuff. Um, uh, and, and so like we, we can, we, it's not gospel-y to say, oh, well, you could have Christmas without stuff. Um, uh, and so like you are right that, that like they don't name the thing that it is. Um, and yet, um, it says, yeah, it's, it's not about the, the, the consumerism. It's not about that stuff. So, um, they, they, they um, I don't know, like they get a C plus for that. I don't know, but but speaking of materialism, Kirk, can we talk about Rudolph? Yeah, let's talk about Rudolph. And of talk course, to me about Rudolph. Um, we're talking about the the uh, claymation version from 1964. I'm sorry, the stop, stop motion, stop motion. And Kirk, like I'm just a huge fan visually of stop motion animation. I just I love it. Um, and of of course, I I am a one of my favorite movies is Moonrise Kingdom, a movie about misfits. And of course, this mm. is a movie about misfits um there's the island of misfit toys which is like a perfect like metaphor that i refer to often the island of misfit toys like Um, trains with triangles for wheels and stuff yeah yeah. (laughs) and you know and and there's the elf that like wants to be a dentist dentist (laughs) um and and yet uh the heroism of and yet there's moralism here kirk um where it's like well don't bully okay a, a very good uh, thing to live by but also there's there's consumerism here where uh boy like the, the crisis is that christmas is gonna be canceled there's a storm santa can't deliver the toys to children um so right. we're gonna have to cancel christmas because where would there be it can't be can't have christmas without toys and um rudolph with his nose so bright um saves the day vindication of the misfit so um, uh, I, I think there, there's some good stuff here and, and yet it, it, it definitely falls short of, of, of kind of gospel, um, gospel truth. What are your thoughts there, on there's on a film? weird, there's a weird allegory that like, I'm, I, I, I don't get like, 
once monsters have their teeth pulled, they're good. <laughs> like, I, that's how it's no, like, the abominable is tamed. It's not that it's tamed. I, I don't it's know. It's not good. They'd still eat you if you had his teeth. Kirk, it's maybe it's you know that like um you're not yourself when you when you're hungry like have a Snickers maybe oh, it, he had yeah. a, maybe he had a, like a toothache and the and the dentist like pulled <laughs> the right teeth and now the abominable is nice I I don't this has nothing to do with this discussion but just this was the single most terrifying um, special <laughs> no, of my child no no I would there are far more terrifying things. Every time the abominable snowman came on the screen, I could not make it through. I could not make it through. Like mm. his shadow hung over December for me, like a giant clay eating clay snowman. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone. There's a a viral thread. Um, on, on on Twitter like uh, like three weeks ago, that that said sort of that millennials and maybe not millennials like Gen Z was piling on and like, man, the '90s must have been like this violent, uh, amoral, de like decadent Wild West place. Like, who finds this funny? Like, just just the violence of you know Joe Pesci and I forget the other characters. Like, how many blows they take to the face and like fire to the face and like shots to the tenders and and all of that and like we're just supposed to laugh through all of it that's so even worse kirk in in like i saw a meme today that said macaulay culkin today is older <laughs> than Catherine o'hara was as she played macaulay culkin's mom in the original home alone <laughs> which is just mind-blowing so i think the 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 basic theme of home alone um is is that we are naturally ungrateful towards mm. the people we love most and we're dependent on most. Um, and yet we're, we, we, we deeply need um, our friends and our family. And, um, and, and, you know, we've talked about this, um, the church, Jesus says at one point, like, behold, where are my friend, where are my mother, mother and father here, are my mother and father. Um, like Macaulay Culkin realizes at the very end, despite a heroic attempt to save his home, um, he can't, um, and 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 things are only set aright when he's able to reunite with his family. Which at the very beginning of the movie, um, when they abandon him accidentally, they take off on the flight for for Paris, I think, for France. Um, it's a it's a bitter. Um, he he. What, what does he say to his brother? And there's like like nobody likes him. What does he? He ruins the pizza. He ruins the dinner. Um, he upends a table. I think like, well, and nobody likes him, like, and he's unappreciated. I, he's like, I wish. Yes, that's what it is. Like he's like, I, I wish, like I, I didn't like. I, I wish I did have this I, family. Like they're terrible. I, wish I don't I wasn't want them. A part of this yeah. Family. Right. And then he wakes uh, up and he's not. They're he's gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 he pulls it off for a while, but he can't in the end. Um, so that's that's sort of like a again, if you squint us right, a, a biblical theme. Like like we, we 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 are reliant and we are naturally ungrateful creatures, but. Kirk, there's a um, kind of a silly DreamWorks movie, um, Home, um, yeah. that, that I kind of yeah. like. Um, and like, we like movies for different reasons, like based on when we saw them, like what we were going through at the time. But one of the things that that I really like um, is is the reunion of um, the mother and daughter where the mom is like, the, the like 
I don't remember what the daughter says. Like, I don't know if she's like, I thought you'd forget about me or whatever. But the mom is like, no, I would never stop searching for you. Hmm. Like, yeah. and she was not going to, not going to quit. Like, like that, that is, um, that's our heavenly father. Um, yeah. and so like Catherine O'Hara kind of plays that of like yes. all the vacation plans they have, like she is going to go through, um, she, she'll do whatever she can, including like ride riding with John in a Candy. Band with a polka. John Candy in the polka band. They've got like this, this ridiculous Polish name too, doesn't he? Like, like Mo Krasinski or something, like something, like something awesome. She pursues him like the hound of yeah. heaven pursues us. Um, they're big in Kenosha. Isn't that what he yes. says? He's like, never yes, heard of yeah. you. He's like, well, we're big in Kenosha. <laughs> At first, he's kind of surprised she doesn't know who he is, right? You know, but then you like he's like, I don't know, we sold like thirty-seven records in Kenosha. <laughs> yeah. Do we? We've gone long. Should we do one more? Let's do one more. This this is a favorite of our family. Is it a favorite of yours? A Christmas story. We our family's never watched it. Oh. We are very resistant. I feel like like the more people talk about how much like how much they like it and the, and the leg it. lamp, like the less we want to watch it. So. I'm a contrarian by nature. I get it. I get it. Um, Tell us about the Christmas. Uh, oh, Christmas. Oh, wait. Time out. Have you seen the new one on HBO Max? I have. We have. How is it? Yep. Uh, I mean, of course, it's derivative and it's cashing in on the nostalgia over the original. Um, but all that aside, it's not bad. It it um, it it plays the old the old hits. So there, it plays the greatest hits. Okay. Um, so one of the one of the great moments, the, the icon iconic moments, is the in the original is the tongue getting stuck to the flagpole, like the dare double dog daring. Um, and there's a there's a double dog dare moment going down a um like a like a on a sled on a ski jump that you should never go down, and it's the same characters. This is part of the charm of it is is it took as many original actors as would participate and they okay. got a lot of them okay. so the main character is still ralphie and man he looks like ralphie you know how some <laughs> people when they grow up and you see a picture of them they still child, have, like i don't i don't i don't, uh, see I don't yeah you, you see it with he ralphie. still has the essence of ralphie <laughs> yeah. okay yeah um there's, okay there's right. the, okay so so um what you're saying is like of course it's derivative that's the whole idea um right, right. But, but you're saying you liked it uh it was yes. inadequate okay. okay kirk i'm gonna i'm just gonna pause um as long as we're talking like nostalgic, like um, last year we watched Eight Bit Christmas. Did you watch that? We did. Yeah. Okay. That th that is a movie. Um, I'm not gonna comment on the gospel quality because I, I don't think it's present, but um, <laughs> I loved it, and it, it's one of those movies that I could not adequately, um, like, assess it because it was it was designed for me. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like for, for like my generation of like pure nostalgia, like drink this, you will love it. Right. Um, and so we haven't watched it yet this year, but I'm sure we will. Anyway, go a Christmas story gospel or not. So most of the movie, um, there's like the, the, the plot is he wants this thing for Christmas. Um, the, the red writer be begun and he's told he's not going to get it. Um, because quote, you'll shoot your eye out. Uh, and, um, and, and if you've not seen this, have you, like, do you know, do you like, am I spoiling this? If I, if I tell you, the don't, end? don't worry. Tell me, tell me everything. Spoil it. 
So he thinks he's not going to get it. To, like, like they've opened up all the presents at the end. It, first of all, it goes. It, it's this walk through mid-century America nostalgia, and and stuff that 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 kind of a certain generation grew up with, and like tongues on flagpoles in the winter, and snowball fights, and schoolyard bullies, and teachers' pets, and so so there's that. But but the the, the larger trajectory is he wants this thing that's probably out of reach of his family in terms of kind of the family budget, which is this BB gun. Um, and, and at the end, he, he, he does get it. He does get it. Um, and, and so, so that's kind of, it's kind of a gospel. Like there, we yearn, we have a yearning in life and the yearning is largely unsatisfied. Um, um, but, but our Lord has, has something greater for us in store. Um, but there's a there's a humorous moment at the end. He goes out to the backyard, um, and and he aims at uh, I forget a tin can something, and and the ricochet hits him in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> he shot his eye out. Um, and his mother kind of clucks at him a little bit, and I told you so, but mostly nurses him. Um, and and at the very very end, um. I forget why, why Christmas dinner is ruined. And so they go to the only place that's open. And this of course has become a great theme for us in our in our Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. So it's not quite right. Um, they go to a Chinese restaurant, which is always the only place open on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, right? Do you know this by the way, that this that's where yes. Jews dine on Christmas? Like, yeah. It's great. So, um, and and um, and Christmas ends up working out after all, even though it's not kind of the Christmas kind of that that, that they had hoped. Um, and so there's there's the gospel there, right? Like um, uh, the manger, the newborn king is not in shiny palaces. It's mm. not in Jerusalem. Um, it's not in the halls of princes, um, but it's in unexpected places. So there's there's a bit of bit of gospel there as well. Um, it is it is it is also. Um, it footsies with consumerism. Um, it, it revels in a child's nostalgia for what's in the catalog and what's in the store window. Um, but in reality, along the way, um, what, what, what ends up lending meaning to Christmas isn't that. And in fact, that ends up injuring him, <laughs> right? Like, and as we all know, like the thing you coveted, even if you get mm. it, you know, by 4 p.m. on Christmas Day, you've moved on or whatever, right? That's not, that's not what what brings long term Christmas satisfaction. So, so there's there's some gospel there, and you should definitely, Christopher, your your whole family will be chuckling about it and retelling, reciting lines and retelling stories, uh, from that movie for for days afterwards. So, I do recommend it. Now we've gone really really long. Uh, should we end in prayer? Let's. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have given your only begotten Son to take our nature upon him and to be born of a pure virgin. Grant that we, who have been born again and made your children by adoption and grace, may be daily renewed by your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the same Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, who makest us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of thy only Son, Jesus Christ, 
Grant that as we joyfully receive him for our Redeemer, so we may with sure confidence behold him when he shall come to be our judge, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Next week. Next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you.